Alright, I'll give it a try. No! Try not! Do! Or do not! There is no try. The, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1! Never tell me the odds! Dance off, bro! Me and you! We're just like Kevin Bacon. Amigo? Oi, mi amigo. Uh, amigos! We're all amigos! Caution! Do not hold buttons for more than five seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. You know, you don't talk very much. I like you! Eva! You must unlearn what you have learned. On the cover of a magazine! Your stunned silence is very reassuring. Abominable! <laughs> Can you believe that? Do I look abominable to you? Why can't they call me the adorable snowman or, or the... Come on, I'll be here only. Remember to tip your waitresses. Welcome to A Joel New World. Today is August 20th, 2022, and we actually went to Epcot the other night. So two nights ago we went, we met the in-laws who were in town. They had just gotten back from a cruise. They had a great time. We wanted to meet up with them, and we thought Epcot would be a great place to go. And we actually went to the new Connections Eatery over there in Epcot. And the food is really good there. It's probably one of the best quick serve meals you can also mobile order which is what we did it was ready very quickly wasn't very busy they have plenty of seating as well the burgers are probably one of the best burgers on property for quick serve that is not to say that it's better than the steakhouse 71 or anything like that but it is really really good uh, the fries are great too there's just a little bit something different than the traditional fries you can get at like casey's corner or anywhere like that they're really good fries, seasoned well and taste great. The pizza too, this is the first time we got the pizza. And you get quite a bit of food here. You, If you order the adult pizza, like pepperoni pizza is what we had, it comes with two pretty big slices. They're thin, but they are big. So it's like a Sabaro size slice of pizza if you're familiar with that. And you get two of them, just a lot thinner than Sabaro's pizza, but really good flavor. And I, I don't know why Disney can't incorporate this pizza into all the resorts. Because when you go to the food court, that pizza is just not very good. And I'm sure a lot of people share that same feeling about the pizza. But if it could mimic this Connections Cafe or Connections Eatery pizza, I would be pleasantly surprised and pleasantly happy. Uh, if you order the kids meal, you get quite a bit of food. Instead of two slices of pizza, you get one. So we got a cheese slice of pizza. Uh, it came with fries. You get an orange as well and a bottle of water. And it's all fairly priced. My burger came with fries as well. 
and it was really, really good. My wife got a Mediterranean pizza. Tasted really great, too. It had, like, peas, curry, some sort of uh, tzatziki sauce on it. And it tasted really good. I was surprised they had that. I didn't know they did. I've also seen that they have those, like, liege waffles. Those look really great. Heard good things about those. And even the salads. I'm not a huge salad person. I'm uh, more of a meat and potatoes type of guy. But the salads look really great. They have some sort of uh, like Asian-style chicken on top. Looks really great. I think I would want to try that on like a hot day where I need something refreshing. Uh, and I'm trying to like, maybe we have a big dinner reservation coming up. I think I would eat a salad um, on those days in preparation for a big meal. I think that would be great. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was a great time. Very quick. We just kind of stopped in. Um, it has been kind of busy at the parks, like I've said recently. Not sure why, but it's been busy. But it's nice to be a local, kind of drive in after work, go and stop for a quick meal, and then head home. It, it was kind of a nice thing, and that's the perks of living here in the Orlando area. You can do things like that. You can go out to dinner after work, after school, and just enjoy yourself. Maybe ride a ride. We didn't get on a ride because it was fairly busy, like I said, but we got to go eat. We got to go um, to the playground over there outside of the new um, shop that replaced Mouse Gears. And yeah, we had a great time. I get confused with connections. There's like a lot of things called connections. I know the Starbucks is called uh, connections. I think that's the cafe. Connections Eatery, I believe, is where we ate and got the pizza and the burgers. And then I think there's, I don't even know what the gift shop's called. I, I still refer to it as Mouse Gear. And I'm going to continue to call it Mouse Gear for the foreseeable future. Um, so deal with it. Um, but but anyways, welcome to a Joel New World uh, podcast. Today is episode 11. So, or actually it's episode 12. Wow, these are really flying by. So episode 12 is already upon us. As mentioned in a previous episode, Genie Plus prices are at an all-time high. And I kind of went on and on about it. I didn't want to sound too negative, and I don't want to start off the shows too negative. But um, it's something to consider and think about. I've seen as low as $18 per day, all the way up to $22 per person, plus tax. Today, it is priced at $18 per guest. I think the lowest, they said it would probably go $17. So this is on the lower end of the spectrum. And I do foresee it going up, honestly. I could see around Christmas time or New Year's. It could be up to like 25 but that's just speculation. And I don't know. I think, I don't like that the current version of Genie Plus isn't perfect and it's not an incredible system. And then they're going to charge more for it. I don't like that part. If it was a great system and you could plan out your days in the morning or even the day before, something like that, and you can guarantee the price before signing up and feel great about it and like I said maybe incorporate the old system where you could choose from tiers and you can select up to three attractions at a time once you use those you can book more something like that Um, and I don't like that you can only ride a single attraction or you can only book a single attraction one time so if you book Big Thunder Mountain you can't book it again through Genie Plus you have to wait in the standby line I feel like there should be an option, like, I know Universal has something for locals that after 4 p.m. you can add on to your pass, that you get unlimited, um, skip the line passes, basically. I would like to see Disney incorporate that in some way, 
maybe after four, if you're a Genie Plus member, you can stay open up and release whatever they have left. Then you can start to book some more of those attractions and get some more reservations. So if there happens to be another big Thunder Mountain out there, you can get back in uh, and grab one of those Lightning Lane passes. I think that would be a great addition to the Genie Plus system. But it's still in its early phases. I know it's going to change before before too long, and I know this isn't the, the, the one version that's going to be around forever. So I think we just have to practice patience, and it, hopefully it does improve, and they do improve and take our suggestions um, into consideration, which I think they will. All right, on top of that, if you're just a person that really wants to ride these key rides at the park, these individual lightning lanes, they're kind of like those premier or premium rides, you do have to pay per attraction. They're not offered on the Genie Plus system. And those four rides are Rise of the Resistance, Avatar Flight of Passage, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Those could change once um, Tron opens in, I'm assuming, March or April of 2023 at Magic Kingdom. I would assume that Mine Train would go to regular Genie Plus or they would just offer two uh, individual lightning lanes or those premium attractions. But for today, I was looking at the tip board on my Disney Experience app. And that's something to do before you go to, um, if you have an upcoming vacation. I recommend like maybe a month out or a couple weeks out, go to your My, uh, my Disney Experience app. Sign in. Get familiar with the app, especially if you plan on purchasing Genie Plus. Go in that tip board and look at some of those wait times. Kind of get a strategy down. Know what your family likes to do. And just look at those wait times. Look at the prices of Genie Plus. Is it going to be worth it for you, say, at Animal Kingdom to purchase Genie Plus? Think about these things. Kind of practice your strategy. What would you book at that time? Look at the prices of these individual lightning lanes if that's something you're interested in. Just kind of play around with the app. That's the best way to become a pro at it. And to, you know, set your family up for success or your party up for success when you do go to Walt Disney World Resort. You kind of have to live through that app. You can even look at the mobile orderings that's offered, some of the menu selections, and make sure like your payment information's in there because you're going to use it. You can also do mobile checkout, which will save you loads of time. Um, like at the old mouse gears at Epcot, you can do mobile checkout there. Animal Kingdom has a store where you can mobile check out. The Emporium, basically everywhere that you can purchase um, merchandise at those major retailers at the parks. Use it. It's going to save you time. And you're going to be, be able to spend more time in the parks, on rides, and eating um, throughout the parks. So utilize that app. It's going to be your best friend. And now's the best time to start practicing and preparing. Anyways, when I when I was looking at the tip board, I like to do that from time to time just to see what they're charging. If you click on purchase for today, don't worry. Uh, it has a picture of the genie's face on there from Aladdin. You can click on it to see what it's charging for the day. If you click purchase for today, it's not official. You can see what it's charging and then kind of X out or close out. Uh, but today it's $18 per person plus tax, like I said, which is on the lower end of that new spectrum. Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios is probably the most in-demand ride. Um, and if you're staying on property, that's probably the only way you're going to be able to book this. Because locals like myself can only book at 9 a.m. Um, for whatever reason. So, uh, Rise of the Resistance is $18 per person per um, for today. 
and that price does vary depending on uh, if it's a weekend. Weekends are usually busier, and they charge a little bit more, like Friday, Saturdays. So that could be up to $20 on Saturday. Who knows? But today it's $18 per person plus tax. Avatar Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom is $13. That's pretty much in line with um, its past price. Seven Doors Mine Train is $10. That also is in line with its past pricing. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is $14. So I think that that's pretty low too because I've seen um, you know $17 in the past and I've paid that before. And I do totally think it's worth it. So that's good to see that Cosmic Rewind is low. I'm wondering if it's going to go up in price once they get rid of their virtual queue, which they're still on. And if you're not familiar with that, at 7 a.m., you can get in that virtual queue for um, Cosmic Rewind in the morning. And then again at 1 p.m. if you are inside the park. So at 7 a.m., you can do that from the comfort of your bed, which I always set an alarm at like 6.55 or 6.50 to get prepared, purchase Dini Plus for the day. And then start sitting in that queue or getting ready to sit in that queue for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at 7 a.m. Because they do go very quickly. But $14 is good. Um, I know in the past Rise of the Resistance had that virtual queue as well. That system where you can reserve it. It'll call you back at at the correct time. So you're not waiting in line all day. And it's not causing a log jam of people. Or a bottleneck of people all over uh, or all around that attraction at Epcot. So... Um, I don't know if they're going to raise the prices because that standby line is going to be ridiculous when it does change to a normal standby, kind of like Rise of the Resistance now, but we'll see. Uh, Like I said, Rise of the Resistance and Guardians is probably the most difficult to get, and for sure with Rise of the Resistance, that price has definitely gone up. The most I had seen it being charged for was $15 in the past, now it's at $18, so and I think I've seen it at 20 before too. So, uh, But that is one of the most in-demand attractions for good reason. It's a great ride. A great experience. More exciting news at the parks. Fantasmic returns to Hollywood Studios on November 3rd. And I'm very excited. The nightly show returns to Hollywood Studios and was desperately needed there in my opinion. It just kind of felt like something was missing from the overall experience at Hollywood Studios. Didn't feel like a complete day. If you were just spending one day at one park and it was Hollywood Studios, you're kind of missing that extravaganza at the end of the day, that big event, you know, like the fireworks at Magic Kingdom, for instance, or a parade or something like that. You're missing that. But now it's back, and it's a great show, and I'm very excited to see it, apparently as well as everybody else. Um all annual pass holder park reservations for Hollywood Studios on November 4th uh, or on November 3rd are sold out. So um, the night, the nightly event is back and those park reservations are sold out. As expected, it's a popular show. People want to see it. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's back. It's coming back. And we still have to reserve through the park system. I believe Disney's probably utilizing that reservation system to know what to charge guests for Genie Plus and for ticket prices um, to know what the demand is to meet that price level. So, um, Also noted, cast member previews for Fantasmic begin on November 1st. So coming up here very soon in a couple of weeks, that show's going to get a couple of cast member previews, probably practice out the show, iron out all the kinks, 
and November 3rd, it's going to be rocking and rolling again, which I'm very excited for. It is extremely busy at Walt Disney World right now. Normally, this is a lighter crowd level time of the year, so I really don't know what's going on. Maybe people are just kind of over COVID and um, the pandemic, and they're they're back, baby, right? They're back. Um, they're flocking to Walt Disney World Resort and the whole Orlando area. I know driving to work in the mornings, extremely busy, so... Um, there's definitely more more traffic out there and I know conventions are back this is kind of convention season kicking off so there's definitely more tourists in the area and that's a good thing but it's also very busy so just keep that in mind everything's going to take a little bit longer going places and also waiting for attractions and just getting everything done that you need to get done it's going to take longer my number one pro tip don't stress out too much. Don't over plan and just get done what you can get done. Don't say that I have to do all 15 of these rides in one day because that's not very realistic, especially during this holiday season that's coming up. Uh, if you can do a few of those, that would be great. Just kind of prioritize, prioritize, like I said, plan out the three or four must do's and you'll have a great time. It's going to take you a lot longer to get everything done. Another return, Akershush. I think I'm saying that correctly. I, I've never like really said it, Akershush. Uh, but Akershush Royal Banquet Hall in Norway at Epcot is returning on November 4th. So another return around November. Akershush has been closed since the pandemic. So back in 2020, it closed. It is a buffet-style place to eat. It is a buffet-style character meal where you can meet your favorite princesses. So... Uh, keep that in mind because it is on the pricier side. It's a buffet. It's going to be inflated in price. And it's a character meal. Um, I believe my wife said that the pricing was about $63 per adult and $41 per child, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, it's pretty much right in line. There's a little bit, I think $55 used to be the top price, but now they kind of gone up. To, along with everything else, right, in our economy, but... You get to meet all the princesses, you get air conditioning, and you get to eat a good meal, buffet style, all you can eat, and it's a great experience. We have never been there, but I've heard really fantastic things. I think my wife has gone there before, um, but we obviously haven't gone since it's been closed for the past few years. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to this reopening, and we definitely want to give it a shot so I can give you an honest review of how good it is all right continuing the preparation for the busy season at walt disney world resort animal kingdom is extending its park hours in late october november and december so that's exciting news animal kingdom will open an hour earlier at 8 a.m and close an hour later at 8 p.m on october 30th november 4th through 14th november 17th through 28th and december 1st through 3rd I expect some other dates in December to be announced as well as we get closer. Um, but for now, December 1st through 3rd, early entry for resort guests will begin at 7.30 a.m. on those days. So if you're not familiar, you get early entry as a part of being uh, or staying on Disney property. So if you're staying at Pop Century or any of those resorts, uh, the contemporary, you get earlier access. And that's a really great time to hit a couple of those rides. 
there's not going to be that many lines. People are kind of slow to get up in the morning. So take advantage of that early entry if you really want to ride rides. That's the best time to do it. Hours have also been extended at Magic Kingdom and Epcot. So I'm not sure about Hollywood yet. I would assume they would have some early openings, but I haven't heard yet. But it's very exciting and it's been announced for Magic Kingdom and Epcot as well. Magic Kingdom will open at 8 a.m. instead of 9 a.m. on October 30th and 31st. Magic Kingdom will also open at 8 a.m. on November 8th, 10th, 11th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 18th, 20th, 22nd, 27th, and 29th, and December 1st and 2nd. The other days not listed will open at 9 a.m., but will remain open until 11 p.m. on those days. So, you're getting an extra hour in the back end. Epcot will open at 8.30 a.m. every day except November 6th, from October 30th until November 24th which is Thanksgiving. Epcot will stay or will still close at 9 p.m. So a little bit extra time in the parks means a little bit more time to enjoy it. And like I said, it's busier and it takes longer to do things during this time of the year. So that extra hour or um, hour and a half will help you out throughout your day if you're trying to get a lot of things done. My my number one pro tip is arrive early, especially if you want to ride some of those in-demand attractions. The wait times only slow down and get longer the longer you wait throughout the day. And then they kind of fizzle out towards the end of the day. So it's kind of like a perfect uh, bell curve, if you will. It's the lowest in the morning. It's highest at its peak at midday. And then as it gets later in the evening, it kind of slopes off as well. Um, Disney World is definitely preparing for the busiest season. And I just love the holidays at Walt Disney World. Um, I love seeing all the different Christmas trees, all the decorations. And um, this kind of just popped in my head, but I forgot about the holiday music that plays at every single park. I love that part of it. I know some people get tired of it. It's always on the radio um, starting in November but or even after Thanksgiving. And that music just plays, and it, it really gets you in the mood, even though it's warmer here in Orlando. But they do a really great job with Christmas here at Walt Disney World. Uh, I wish, I do wish for Halloween in the fall, they would decorate maybe another park too, along with Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is really the only one that decorates. But if you go to Disneyland, where they have two parks, California Adventure and um, their Disneyland Park, they both decorate very well for Halloween. And I would like to see that maybe at Hollywood Studios here. I think that would be great to see some more uh, festive decorations for the Halloween season. I think that would be really cool for the spooky season. But they really know how to do it up for Christmas. And I hope that continues. They have those Halloween... Or not Halloween. They do have Halloween parties at Magic Kingdom. But they also have the holiday party um, for the Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. Which we're going to be attending for the first time in December. So we're very excited for that. And I fully expect to um, let you know our experiences with it. Other than that, um, that's the news for this week. A lot going on. It looks like a lot of preparation. They raised the prices for Genie Plus and those individual lightning lanes. They are adjusting the hours, probably their staffing levels as well. They're probably hiring people for this busy season, uh, just seasonal workers and employees. And this is a, a big time when tourists come, especially Thanksgiving week, the week leading up to Christmas. And that week after Christmas leading into New Year. Those are the busiest dates. And Halloween is very busy as well. 
those are the busiest dates of the year for sure um, along with the summer but right now it's very busy so maybe the crowd has arrived early and I know there's a lot of people from out of country and we do have some out of country listeners so thank you for your listening and support to the podcast um, I love checking out where everybody's listening from out there so uh, very cool to see that's all over the world and uh, I, I'm proud to say that a Joel New World is worldwide so thank you all for your listening your downloads and support and that's what keeps me podcasting so thank you very much uh, stay tuned we're going to get to our e-ticket attraction of the day stay tuned for today's e-ticket attraction which is building your perfect Disney World Resort we're going to take a look at all these selections everything you can choose from at all four of the theme parks here in Walt Disney World and we're going to kind of have a, a draft or picking and choosing certain features from each of the four parks given a certain criteria and we're making our, our like fantasy Disney World we're taking our favorite parts it's going to be some hard choices and we're going to make our perfect park all that and more coming up here soon so stay tuned
Welcome to today's main e-ticket attraction, which is building my perfect Disney World Resort. So you may have some questions about what does this mean? Like, what does this entail? What are the rules? All the parks kind of have their own identity right now. You have Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom. So why do you need to make it perfect, make it even better? Well, we're going to be picking and choosing the best features or our favorite um, iconic characteristics and attractions, restaurants. We're going to be doing all of that and making the single most perfect part. It's going to be very difficult because, uh, as a spoiler, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad's not even on my list, but that's probably my favorite ride at Magic Kingdom. So I'm kind of trying to make a well-rounded theme park. If I'm roller coaster heavy, I'm trying to get some more dark rides or get a water ride in there. Um, something like Splash Mountain or maybe even Frozen Ever After or Cali River Rapids. So I'm thinking about those hot summer days. I'm thinking about different times of year. And I'm thinking about what makes the best memories and what makes a the most well-rounded theme park. So here are the rules and regulations we have to follow for today's episode. And feel free to play along at home. If you're listening, uh, think about what you would have chosen at these theme parks. So here we go. I can choose two rides from each of the four parks. For instance, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood, Studios, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom. I have to choose two rides and two rides only from each of those parks. It might be a little easier at Animal Kingdom versus Magic Kingdom, or Animal Kingdom versus Magic Kingdom, for instance. A lot more rides at Magic Kingdom, not so many at Animal Kingdom. So keep that in mind when you're you're thinking about this and what I'm thinking about when I'm coming up with my selections. So I can have two rides from each of the four parks for a total of eight rides. I can choose one table service restaurant that is a meal where you sit down, someone is serving you, and then you tip at the end of the meal. And I can also choose one quick serve from each park. So I would have a total of two from each park. So eight total restaurants for our table service for our quick serve. And there has to be one from each park. I can choose one nighttime show. So that one's kind of narrowed down already. There's the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom. You can also factor in Fantasmic that's coming back November 3rd as part of our news today. Or you can go with the one at Epcot, um, Harmonious. I'm going with the current renditions of these shows, not some of the ones in the past. Um, so, so keep that in mind. There's only three nighttime shows right now. And they used to have the Rivers of Light um, over at Animal Kingdom. Not currently. So there's three to choose from there. I'm going to choose one of those. And I can choose two bars from any of the theme parks. So I'm only going to have two bars that I can choose. So that kind of uh, makes me pick from all of those. If you think at Epcot how many different bars there are or different kiosks for drinks and beverages, there's a lot there. And all of you are unique, right? Like myself, we all have our favorite spots and our favorite um, places that call to us more than others. I can choose one gift shop or merchandise location from any of the four parks, so only one. 
and I can also choose two snacks to serve. So uh, any of the snacks served at the theme parks, what would I want to choose for my theme park? If I could choose certain features from all four of these theme parks, what would I choose? That's what I'm doing here. I can also choose one mode of transportation. So that one's tricky. That one was one of the hardest decisions for me. They have the ferry boats, the buses, uh, Skyliner, monorail, railroad, um, maybe some others I'm not really thinking of or overlooking right now. Uh, maybe the Magical Express, the big uh, tour bus system that used to be in place. Now Mirrors is offering a service, a paid service, as opposed to a, um, a free one that was included with your trip. Well, not free. I'm sure you were paying for it, but uh, it was a nice service that was included before the pandemic, uh, but no longer. And finally, one Disney Resort Hotel. So that could be the Contemporary. It could be Grand Floridian, Polynesian, Pop Century. Maybe if that's your favorite, one of the Port Orleans. Um, maybe Caribbean Beach. If you want to choose one of those. And think about this. Factor this in. What amenities does this resort have? Because you're going to be getting that. So if you choose Pop Century, you're getting that food court. If you choose... Um, well, you'd also be getting the hippy dippy pool, right? Um, if you chose Caribbean beach, you're getting that awesome slide and that awesome pool. Um, so just think about that. If you chose the grand destino tower over at Coronado or just that whole resort, Coronado Springs, you get everything that goes along with that. So a lot of cool amenities there. So try to keep it focused on that and maybe away from resorts that don't have the most amenities but if you love staying there and you have to stay there every time maybe that's the one you choose um and i'm gonna try to get i'm gonna have some fun most importantly and i'm gonna give you some reasons and back up my reasoning for selecting these so that sounds like a lot of fun i'm really excited for this episode and we're kind of just having fun with this one and choosing what would i make if i had to make my own theme park uh joel's a Joel New World theme park, for instance, what would I include given these rules? So let's start with the rides. That's the one most people think of first when they think of theme parks and amusement parks. So the two rides from each of the four parks. I'm going to start with Animal Kingdom first. And my first ride is Expedition Everest. So you have several rides to choose from. Granted, there's not that many uh, attractions over at Animal Kingdom in this current version of Animal Kingdom. But there are some good ones, and as a local, I'll admit, Animal Kingdom is one of my favorite parks to hang out at, um, and just kind of chill and relax and, you know, grab some drinks, grab some snacks, and just have a good time walking around and getting some exercise, too. Uh, I love that theme park, especially more as a local. I feel like when you are from out of town or out of state or country, wherever you're coming from to vacation here in Orlando, Animal Kingdom might get overlooked a little bit, and I understand why, because most people dedicate a half a day to that park. Um, usually you wake up, go there in the morning, knock out everything you need to do, get all those rides done, maybe eat somewhere over there, um, and possibly extend it into a full day experience. But a lot of people I know are park hopping at two o'clock to go to a different park once they do their Animal Kingdom day or morning. So as a local, I get to kind of, you know, let it breathe a little bit more, kind of slowly take in everything. And Animal Kingdom is a really great locals park. And uh, other than it being extremely hot, I don't think they get the best airflow going through there. And Florida's just hot this time of year, uh, or in the summers mostly. But 
Uh, right now, it's actually only 60 degrees here in the Orlando area, so very, very cool, and it feels like fall, and it feels great. But in those hot summers, Animal Kingdom is probably the hottest. So not a lot of shade, not a lot of airflow, and there's not a lot of places to walk through in the air conditioning either. So, um, But I digress. Uh, Expedition Everest, I love that ride. It's kind of the... I don't know if you want to call it a monument or landmark at that park, other than the Tree of Life. I love the, the Tree of Life, too. Uh, but it's not an attraction. It's not a ride. You can walk through it, but you can't ride it. So, um, Expedition Everest. That is probably one of the most intense roller coasters, along with Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. And, um, and yeah, that's probably probably most one of the most intense, along with like Tower of Terror and... Uh, rock and roller coaster too. That's what I was trying to think of. Probably one of the most intense. You go forward, you go backwards. There's a fairly good sized drop, and it goes very, very fast. And you get to see uh, strobe light Yeti as you go through the mountain. So, what better roller coaster to have? And this is kind of why, um, spoiler for when I get to Magic Kingdom, why I don't have Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I'm trying not to overload it with just roller coasters, even though I love them the most. I'm not trying to overload it, and they're kind of similar. You can argue that um, Expedition Everest, the, the it's almost like a train itself, is very similar to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, only on a larger scale. I think I enjoy Big Thunder Mountain much more, but I'm trying to think of the best well-rounded um, theme park that I'm trying to create. So Expedition Everest, huge mountain. Uh, love the theming as you're walking through the queue has a single rider line too which uh for myself when uh you have small kids that can't ride it you can get on that ride in about five or ten minutes um not even sometimes so uh, that's a great option to have as well but it's iconic it's a huge mountain you can see it from outside it's one of the few attractions you can see when you're driving through or around disney world so as we go we always look for that mountain and my daughter gets excited she's always looking for it when we take this one particular road so it's it's huge it's iconic it's very recognizable and i love the theming and the ride itself so that one's making the list that one's making the joel new world theme park my other one was a difficult choice because one of my favorite rides and up until cosmic rewind my favorite ride was flight of passage uh avatar's flight of passage but i started thinking about it and is it really unique i feel like it is unique to a certain point but a lot of it's a lot of screen right a lot of screen time and being at a theme park sometimes you want to be immersed in that location you want to feel like you're in another place and i chose something along those lines and heavily themed to animal kingdom and you may be thinking already on the same page as me but i'm going with kilimanjaro safaris for my money that's the experience at animal kingdom that a lot of people go for it's a basically it's a moving safari with real live animals and it feels like you're transported to africa in the middle of orlando florida and it's amazing so and no two rides are the same you get about 22 minutes i think is the average ride time sometimes longer depending on if a rhino is blocking the road or an elephant or something like that no two rides are the same you're going to see different animals depending on morning lunchtime or evening time you're going to see different animals, and it's always a unique experience. And it's one of my favorite, as well as 
people of all ages. So not just, you know, people of my age, but people of all ages, kids and adults alike. So that one is making the list. Next, let's go to Epcot. So we're going to stick with the rides. So we're going to take care of each um, each rule first, and then we're going to move on to the next one. So over at Epcot, this one was easy for me. It's my favorite ride at Walt Disney World Resort, and it's Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. It's so smooth. It's so fun. And that music, when that music hits, you're having a great time. It's a party, and everybody's there for the ride. And it's one of the smoothest roller coasters I've ever experienced, and one of the most fun also i know i've told this story before but every single time i ride with somebody new um they're just speechless at the end they're like wow that, that was great yeah um i get it now and i know some people a lot of people have been making a big stink about getting sick on it i haven't experienced that or seen anybody get sick i know they added a bunch of garbage cans to the exit but i haven't seen it, i haven't experienced it but i'm sure it does happen um but it's so smooth it's very hard to get sick it's kind of like Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster combined, but much, much better. So, um, and you get one of six songs each time. And I'm very excited because I'm hoping in November sometime they're going to do that holiday mashup with the different um, holiday music playing as well. That would be incredible. And I want to see that and experience that. So, um, I'm going to try to do that as soon as I can once I hear that that's up and running. So Cosmic Rewind makes the list from Epcot. And my other one was very difficult. There's a lot of, well, there's several good rides that I love at Epcot. But what I was trying to f- like figure out here was, do I have a water ride? I feel like you have to have a water ride at a theme park. And this kind of played into it for me. And I've also asked myself, do I have many dark rides that younger children can ride as well? And I did not. So... I chose Frozen Ever After over in Norway. Um, used to be Maelstrom over there in Norway at Epcot at the World Showcase. But I love this ride. I know a lot of people see the wait times and they kind of scoff at it. But it's a fun ride. And the Genie Plus reservations, they run out fairly quickly. They're one of the harder ones to get at Epcot. And it's a fun experience. I love the animatronics. Some of the best animatronics on property. And the music from the soundtracks of Frozen um, just kind of puts you there. And um, it's one of my favorite attractions at Epcot. So um, there are some drops, forward and backwards. And it is a boat ride, so you might get a little bit wet. And it's definitely going to cool you down on those hot days. So I was trying to factor that in as well. Are all of them outside or some of them inside where you can get some AC and get to cool down because that's part of your day trying to cool down and find um, a little bit of break from that heat in the summertime all right those are the rides at epcot so so far we have expedition everest and kilimanjaro safaris at animal kingdom cosmic rewind and frozen ever after at epcot a lot of good choices there i like test track but for me test track's always going to lose out to cars so radiator springs in disneyland or california adventure I love that ride. They're basically the same ride vehicle and just different theming and a different purpose on that ride. I'm going to choose that one. So I'm always more biased towards cars and that attraction because I like that theming and the ride much better than Test Track. I do love Test Track, but I didn't make my list here. And the other one would have been um, Soren was in contention as well. But again, uh, it's, it's basically a screen 
and I was trying to go away from that and get a little bit more character involved as well, even though Soren is one of my favorite attractions. Uh, I considered Spaceship Earth, but it is very outdated. The scenes are outdated. They need to be refurbished. I know they were going to up until the pandemic, and it kind of got nixed at the last second. So, um, And it has an iconic Epcot ball, right? Spaceship Earth is what you think of when you see Epcot, or when you think of Epcot, you think of Spaceship Earth. Uh, but it didn't make it because the ride itself is a little outdated. It just needs a little bit of work. Um, and it's a little hot in there, too. Uh, the other one I considered was Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. But for me, I, that's the one that I kind of get the most sick on or most nauseous. I can only ride that like once or twice and then I'm good. But um, but yeah, again, it's that moving screen thing that kind of gets to me more than uh, motion sickness. Anyways, let's go on to Hollywood Studios. This one was very fun to pick from and very challenging too. I'm going to get to the, the best one there in my opinion. And that's Rise of the Resistance, Star Wars. The theming there is unbeatable. You're not going to beat that. And um, the ride itself is an experience. You're always, once you hit like the opening of that attraction, you're always doing something. And it's multiple experiences. Whether it's riding the cargo ship to get to your location. When you get there, they're like yelling at you. are like, come on, come on. Um, like you're part of the uh, Resistance. And uh, the interactions that you get with the uh, first order as well. So, um, it's a multiple, it hits on multiple levels, basically. It's, you know, you interact with the cast members, um, giving you a hard time and telling you to keep in line, keep in order like you're a prisoner. And then you get on the ride itself and you see some really incredible things. You see that huge, um, with all the stormtroopers, it looks like you're looking out into space and you see the big, uh, AT-ATs, right? Is it AT-AT or AT-AT? I don't know. I used to call it AT-AT, but I think it's AT-AT, and uh, I'm going to stick with that. But you see those huge ones firing their cannons. You, sh- you um, are going underneath of it. feels like you're going to get stepped on. And I love that little bitty drop in there that's very reminiscent of Tower of Terror. Um, that one's just really fun. I love when that part comes up. And it's a, a long experience, too, so you get the most bang for your buck there. Um, so I love that. I love that ride, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on Rise of the Resistance. Very hard to get onto if you're not staying on property. And the lines are always, always very busy. So, um, Rise of the Resistance makes the list. The other one, I was very torn between this because one of my favorite couple of rides are in Toy Story Land, but I did not choose either one. So, um, Toy Story Mania, I love that attraction, I love that ride. But I tried to steer clear of the screens as much as I could. Um, I love Slinky Dog too, but again, I'm trying to get the most well-rounded theme park. And to do that, I went with Tower of Terror. So the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. It's growing on me more and more as I get older. And I used to not enjoy the sudden drops and those huge drops um, in the dark. But it's one of the most thrilling and most exciting attractions at Disney. I know over at California Adventure, they have a Guardians ride that used to be Tower of Terror. Um, very similar, but it kind of bounces up and down a little bit more as music's going on. Uh, Tower of Terror is just in the dark, and you drop and have a good time. Everybody's screaming, but that's part of the fun. So the theming at that ride is incredible. It is iconic as well. When you see it, you know where you are at. 
And for my money, Tower of Terror, Tower of Terror might be the best ride at Hollywood Studios. All right, let's go to Magic Kingdom and round out our rides. Um, and I'm going to get right to it. This kind of fits with this time of year and this spooky season, and that's Haunted Mansion. The theming there is incredible. Um, the music, the stretching room, the ghost host, the doom buggy. Uh, my favorite scene is the ballroom where everyone's dancing, and those two portraits are um, in ghost form having a duel. And I love the person playing the organ in that room as well. That's my favorite scene in Haunted Mansion. And it fits this time of year. And it's probably my favorite dark ride along with many, many other people. So memorable, so iconic. And also when you see that, um, the outside of that building of the mansion, whether you're at Disneyland or Disney World, you know where you're at. And it's kind of breathtaking. So um, it's just really incredible to look at and it looks fantastic the theming's great you have the whole graveyard too and uh there's some some dark humor in it as well um madame leota and they're even making a uh, feature film um of the haunted mansion so uh can't go wrong there again i'm trying to make a well-balanced theme park and i needed another dark ride so i went with the haunted mansion and you can't go wrong there the other one was very, very hard. You have Space Mountain to choose from. You have Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I did not go with Seven Dwarfs Mine Train just because it's so short. It feels like it needs another minute to kind of validate waiting in line for that long or to pay, you know, 10 bucks, which I think is what it is today, to pay for that ride. It's only like a minute and a half to two minutes tops. And it's... Uh, just a little too short for me it's one of my favorite rides though i love it love the theming and the swaying of the the vehicle as you're going through but here i chose jungle cruise so this was tough again i kind of wanted to get that disney charm and that disney feeling into my theme park if i had to choose certain attractions i don't want the ones where i can find them every other day right you can find a dumbo in almost every theme park um look at animal kingdom you have the triceratops spin that's basically the same ride vehicle as dumbo um magic carpets of aladdin so that's just like dumbo so i'm trying to find something that's unique has um character has personality and no two rides are the same on jungle cruise either so you have your skipper and their line of those corny jokes and some of them are hilarious some of them they're just trying them out and that's part of the fun right seeing what's funny seeing what people react to and invoke some personality and character into that that attraction so um one of my favorites one of my kids favorites as well it's good for all ages and i chose haunted mansion and jungle cruise so there we go there's our eight rides we have haunted mansion jungle cruise Rise of the Resistance, Tower of Terror, Cosmic Rewind, Frozen Ever After, Expedition Everest, and Kilimanjaro Safaris. Not a bad lineup there, right? Very hard to choose from. If you only had to choose two from each park, it's very difficult, but I feel confident with my selections. All right, next. One of my favorite things is the food. Here I can choose one table service restaurant and one quick serve from each of the four parks. So I have to choose one of each, one table service and one quick serve from each park. Let's go back to Animal Kingdom here. Um, I chose for my table service, I was debating Tiffin's, but I've never been there. 
um, mostly because of price and it's a little bit too upscale for me. Um, but I do want to try that sometime in the future. Maybe as I get older, maybe as my kids get older or, um, you know, we have a babysitter in town or something like that to, to watch our kids. Maybe me and my wife can go and try it out. But until then, I'm not going to select it. I'm going to go with something. And again, out of all my four sit-down restaurants, I'm trying to have diversity in the menu and the selections and the personality and character um, throughout. So here I chose Yak and Yeti. And the menu is incredible. It has a lot of great choices. And it's kind of fits that one little um, selection of food, right? It's a little bit different than what you're going to find anywhere else. And it fits Animal Kingdom. So whether you get those noodles, the chicken, whatever you may get from Yak and Yeti, and you probably all have your favorites, um, it's a different uh, option. It has different options than the other ones that I have selected is basically what I'm trying to say. So you can't really find that anywhere. Maybe Epcot, you can find something very similar to that, but maybe not as good. So I chose Yak and Yeti, and there's really not too many sit-down restaurants at Animal Kingdom. There was Yak and Yeti, uh, Tiffin's, and Tusker House, which is the character meal. So for me, I chose Yak and Yeti, and I feel pretty confident with it. You put that next to Expedition Everest in my theme park, and it's a hit. So that takes us to the Quick Serve from Animal Kingdom. And this is one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorites. Every time I had to go to this place when we went to Animal Kingdom, and that's Flame Tree Barbecue. It has a great menu. The barbecue is some of the best um, on property, if not the best. I think Polite Pig might take that. I honestly haven't eaten at Polite Pig at Disney Springs, but that one might take the cake there. But Flame Tree is pretty darn good. The ribs are uh, fantastic. The pulled pork is great. Uh, the mac and cheese, you can get like pulled pork mac and cheese, I believe it is. Uh, that's really great. The onion rings are great. Um, and you can get a pretty good selection of beer there too um, if you're ordering. And it also has mobile app capabilities. So you can order from the mobile app and get it uh, much easier than waiting in line and waiting, especially on those busy, busy days. So Flame Tree Barbecue, it's hard to go wrong there. And it kind of um, satisfies another missing um, style of food because I didn't have barbecue on any of these other selections. All right, so Yakinetti and Flame Tree. A lot of you would agree that those are probably two of the best selections there. Not to say there's not any others, but that's what I went with. Next at Epcot. Epcot is probably the sit-down table service restaurant capital of Walt Disney World Resort. Very, very difficult to decide, and there was a lot of choices. But I went with my favorite, and we went here recently and just kind of reassured myself that this place is incredible. Some of the best steaks on property, some of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. And the risotto that goes with this filet is out of this world. So that sauce, I could just drink that sauce all day. And that is Le Cellier. So Le Cellier in Canada, one of the best steakhouses, one of the best restaurants you'll find on property. Um... I had a tough time picking between that. Tepid Ito is really great, um, but I feel like you can find those hibachi-style grills um, in most cities, right? You can find those different places, but I feel like they do it a little bit better at Tepid Ito. Um, Via Napoli is a great choice as well. Um, they have uh, Space 220, which was 
uh, a great experience too, which would have been a great addition. But I went with Le Cellier because the quality of food is always consistent and great. The service is always fantastic too. Um, and it's only going to get better because before the pandemic, Epcot and the World Showcase had uh, students from all over the world to represent these countries. And I'm slowly starting to see more and more of them come back. And I kind of miss that element, right? Um, so if you're in Norway at the beer cart, somebody from Norway who actually is from there is going to be giving you, you know, just like normal conversation about if you mispronounce the name of the beer, um, which is, is pronounced Ouse or something like that, right? Um, so yeah, they tell you, they correct you, and I miss that. I really did miss that in the last three years. They just kind of add a little extra charm. And they're very proud of their home country. So um, it just really adds a lot of personality to the World Showcase. And for that, um, you might see some more at La Cellier, uh, more people from Canada coming in to serve and, you know, sharing their culture and sharing their, you know, history and rich history with you. That's part of the World Showcase. Um, kind of feeling like you're traveling the world, but not really. It's all confined to that area. Um, and those cast members really do a fantastic job. So glad to see them coming back into the World Showcase. Next, um, this is the Quick Serve. There's not a lot of Quick Serve choices at Epcot, mostly because there's a lot of table service restaurants. Um, but for me, I'm going with Connections Eatery, like I spoke about earlier. We just ate there the other night again. That was my second time eating there. It's fairly new. And, uh, yeah, it was great. The burger was great. The fries were awesome. And the pizza was really good, too. So if you have picky eaters out there who only eat pizza or fries, they got you covered. And the salads look great, too. So it has a well-rounded menu. And it's really, really good. Um, so I'm going with Connections Eatery for my quick serve at Epcot. On to Hollywood Studios. Um, this one was tough, too. There's not a ton of sit-down restaurants at Hollywood Studios versus Epcot or some, you know, some of the other ones. But for me, I went with uniqueness here and flavor of food and also the cost because the cost at this place is not too bad for a sit-down table service meal. And that's 50's Primetime Cafe. We've had some very memorable experiences here. They made uh, our fifth wedding anniversary very um, memorable and uh, have that memory for us um, that's going to last forever. And just we have the stories about, um, you know, the servers giving you a hard time and treating you like family, um, like you're transported back to the 1950s. And the menu is really good. The food is great. It's very fast. I've never had to wait longer than like six or seven minutes for my food to come out. They have a smaller menu, so that kind of works to its advantage. And it's ready to go. So... I think last time it took all of like maybe five minutes to get our food, which is great when you have small kids. And the cost, like I said, I think $30 a plate or per person, that's really fantastic at a Disney World Resort um, table service meal. Um, so your dollar goes a lot further there and you get a lot of food too. Like you're going to be stuffed when you get done eating there. So um, 50's Primetime Cafe. They also have the tune-in lounge too. That kind of weighed into my decision. I was kind of cheating there. And I get like a lounge or a bar on top of it too. So um, so feel free to bend the rules a little bit, right? Um, but my other one is a quick serve. 
not a lot of you know great quick serves that i love at hollywood i like uh the backlot express that's pretty good it has mobile ordering um the abc commissary is pretty good too but i went with baseline tap house and i went here because um it's kind of like having a bar but also one of the best charcuterie boards and pretzels that you can find on property and it's very affordable i believe the charcuterie board is like ten dollars and you get these great cheeses you get these awesome meats and it's really great like if you're a big charcuterie fan like we are really really good so give that a shot at baseline tap house it's right across from the muppets area there it used to be the rider stop um and they have some of the best beers at hollywood studios um so they have a big uh, a flight that you can choose from and they just have some really good refreshing and really great uh, unique beers that you can find there as well uh, which gets the job done so baseline tap house is my choice over to magic kingdom this one was tough as well i love liberty tree tavern i love cinderella's royal table um, on the quick service side i loved casey's corner all these different places um, sunny eclipse love that place but for my table service i went with theming here and the food is good so the the food is good and the theming is incredible it's be our guest so i'm going to throw in a little bit of that disney theming with beauty and the beast if you haven't been to be our guest go treat yourself now and you know take in this experience um the theming is incredible it's theming everywhere basically that's why you're eating here is for the theming and to feel like you're at a Disney World theme park. So be our guest. It's not my favorite menu. It's not my favorite food on property. But it's good. It's good food. Good quality. And the service is pretty good too. So, uh, But the theming can't be beat at Be Our Guest. Next, on to the quick serve. Like I said, I love Casey's Corner. But their menu is kind of limited. So that's why I did not choose Casey's Corner. I love their hot dogs, love their corn dog nuggets, their fries. They have a frozen mint julep that I try to get every time when it's hot outside. Very delicious. But I went with something that had a more well-rounded menu and a few more choices, and that's Pecos Bills. Pecos Bills might be my favorite quick serve in all of Walt Disney World. They have a recently added a walking taco, which is basically a big Frito bag. They stuff it with taco meat and put in, you know lettuce tomato sour cream whatever you want in there they'll put in there i think corn is in there too but that's a really good option they have some good tacos they have a really good cheeseburger too french fries the menu is great so that's why i chose pecos bills over casey's corner and some of the other choices as well so there we go there's our food there's our dining options now I can also choose two bars from any of these four theme parks. That one was tough too. There's a lot of bars, a lot of good places to get a beverage. But the one that stood out the most to me it has theming, it has good drinks, it has entertainment, is Oga's Cantina in Hollywood Studios. I chose that. If I put that next to Rise of Resistance, I'm set. And that place, it doesn't have much food. It has just a couple of like bar snacks, pub snacks, you know. Um, but you're there for the drinks and the entertainment and the theming. So Oga's Cantina, some of their drinks are the most unique that you're going to find 
at Walt Disney World Resort. Um, other than maybe at some of the resorts where they have some fancier bars and things like that. But Oga's Cantina, for my money, is one of the best bars on property. I haven't been there in a long time, but I really want to, you know, try to revisit it as soon as I can. Maybe on a date night or something like that. Um, going to my other one, I felt like I had to find one at Epcot because there's a lot there. A lot to choose from, a lot of uh, selection. But I went with Rose and Crown Pub. So just the pub, not the restaurant. Um, in the UK at the World Showcase, I chose the Rose and Crown Pub. And it's a really great pub, great bar, UK style. And you go in there and get a pint, uh, your favorite pint. They do have a good selection. They have some good cocktails too, if you're there for that. Um, you can't go wrong with Rose and Crown Pub. And it's also right there on the water. So um, you have the scenic views. And it's just it's just a good time. It might be a little noisy in there sometimes um, in both of those, but that can kind of be associated with bars and pubs. But um, but yeah, Oga's Cantina and Rose and Crown Pub, they're two completely different styles of bars, and that's why I chose it. One is heavily, heavily themed, only themed to Star Wars. The other one is more of a traditional pub, and uh, I feel like I like that um, those two choices for my theme park. Now, if I had to choose one nighttime show, there's not many to choose from, but when I think of a nighttime show and I think of amusement parks and I think Walt Disney World, I think fireworks. And um, that's either harmonious or it's going to be enchantment. So I'm going with enchantment because not only do you have um, the fireworks, but you also have the projections that go along with it. And... uh, if I had to choose like one icon or one landmark, it's going to be Cinderella's castle. And, um, that was one of my stipulations as well is what one landmark would you put in the theme park? Um, that is Cinderella's castle. If you throw that into the show with those projections down main street, it's incredible. So, uh, it might not be the best version of the fireworks show or the nighttime show at magic kingdom, but it's still really good. And, uh, the fireworks are always amazing there and that's a really great night or great way to close out your perfect day at a theme park is with fireworks before you head out of the park for the day so enchantment that is my nighttime show one gift shop that i would choose from um i'm going with the emporium the emporium gift shop main street i love that main street feel it's a very large gift shop too maybe not the widest It does get very crowded and congested in there, but I'm not thinking about that when I'm choosing it. Uh, For whatever reason, it's just my favorite gift shop. They have a huge selection. They have different, um, you know, shops within it. And it's all connected too on that left side when you're entering Main Street. It's uh, all connected in Walt Disney World. It is not in Disneyland, but Disney World, it's all connected from when you enter the Emporium all the way through the exit of Casey's Corner. So it's all one one shot through there. So that's why I chose Emporium. It does have mobile checkout too, which is a big factor nowadays. You can do like Apple Pay on your your phone or have a credit card loaded to your account. And mobile pay right there, you show them a little QR code when you walk out. And they'll give you a bag and bag all your stuff for you and you're good to go. So I chose the Emporium. Next, what two snacks from any of the parks would you choose? And I chose simply the first one, popcorn. When I'm at Walt Disney World, the first thing I smell is popcorn. 
and instantly that makes me want popcorn even more so um and that also includes the awesome popcorn buckets that we collect as well they have some really great ones over the years not as cool as like in japan but they have some really good buckets from time to time and um what better way than to you know park yourself on a bench and share a bucket of popcorn um with your family and your loved ones so popcorn for sure have to have that at a theme park not the most extravagant or unique but there's something about disney popcorn and it's the best so very salty though you do need your water um, and stay hydrated but very very salty but very very good too the other one is at magic kingdom and that's the orange swirl so the one with the ice cream and like the orange ice cream or vanilla soft serve with the orange ice cream at sunshine tree terrace that's the one snack i'm picking and mostly because it's always hot in florida and it cools you down unlike any other treat it's very similar to dole whip um some of you may be diehard dole whip fans but i like this just a little bit better not saying i don't like dole whips or i have a hatred for them but um the orange swirl at sunshine tree terrace i have to get that every time i go especially on a hot day it does have mobile ordering now too so you can skip that line and just go to the pickup window and just mobile pay on your device so um, those are my two snacks popcorn and the orange swirl now two more to go here we have one mode of transportation could it be the railroad could it be the skyliner a ferry boat monorail what is it for me this is going to go with the iconic um disney world um, vibe basically and what do you think of first when you think of disney world for me it's the monorail and i'm gonna go with that monorail it's so cool and don't act like every time you see the monorail coming by whether you're at epcot or magic kingdom that you don't just stop and say hey monorail look at that or you go monorail i know everybody that i know stops and admires the monorail as it's going by so majestic and some of the best photos or film is just you know taking a video of that monorail going by or having that in the background that's like the perfect shot for me is if we're taking a photo and then it just so happens that monorail's creeping in at the end or um, right behind you and kind of photo bombing you that's the best photo honestly so i'm going with the monorail the close second was the disney world railroad um, because that would be a great way to get around the parks but if you had the monorail um, i'd be happy too so uh, I definitely went with that. I love the ferry boats and the Skyliner. The Skyliner is a game changer, especially for those uh, resorts like Pop Century, Art of Animation, and Caribbean Beach and Riviera. Game changers. But I love the monorail. It's iconic. It's legendary. And everybody loves it. So uh, I'm going with the monorail. Last but not least, one Disney Resort Hotel. You get one resort to choose from. You get all the amenities, like I was saying. You get the pool, you get the food court, you get the restaurants, you get the bars associated with it. And for me, I'm going to choose the Polynesian. I've never actually stayed at the Polynesian, but I hope to change that very soon. They have an amazing pool. They have a great slide. Um, they have Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Grotto. That's a tongue twister. Grog Grotto. Uh, Trader Sam's. They have Kona Cafe, which is some of the best breakfast on property. That Tonga toast is really great. Ohana, one of the best meals you can find too. The theming, it's the Hawaiian theming. 
Um, and it just kind of feels like you're on vacation. It kind of puts you in the right mood or mindset for a vacation. So I was kind of going for that too. They have the bungalows as well. I don't know. I know a lot of people probably haven't stayed in the bungalows um, because they're so expensive. Um, they're those little bungalows, like almost look like cabins on the water as you're taking the ferry boat from the TTC, the Ticket and Transportation Center, over to Magic Kingdom. They're those ones right there on the water, and they're very expensive, but um, that would be a great view um, at night to see those fireworks from there. And I think there's like a hot tub out there too, so it's one of the more upscale features on that property, the bungalows there. Um, I'd like to explore those someday too. And last but not least, they have Dole Whips there too. So I kind of cheated again there, trying to beat the system. Um, and I get the orange swirl and a Dole Whip. So um, you name it, Polynesian's got it. And those amenities are great. It has a good gift shop too. Um, I love the theming. I love the layout of the resort. Um, it's also very close to Magic Kingdom. I know that doesn't really matter in this game, but it's very close. It's on the monorail loop. Um, Trader Sam's. One of the best bars, one of the hardest bars to get into as well. Um, Kona Cafe, you got your breakfast set. You got Ohana for lunch and dinner. The theming's great. The bungalows, Dole Whips. They have the pineapple drinks uh, at the bar. Some of those bars are incredible. Um, so there you have it. I feel really great about a Joel New World theme park. Um, I took my favorite things from Walt Disney World Resorts and um, just kind of had fun with it. I kind of made my own theme park. Uh, I'm going to do a quick rundown of what we came up with here. And I guarantee everybody out there is unique and going to be different, unlike mine. Um, but maybe some of them overlap. Some of them probably will not. But that's what makes it fun, right? Everybody has their own favorite and things that they like. And that's good. So I'm going to start here with my rides. We have the Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Rise of the Resistance, Tower of Terror, Cosmic Rewind, Frozen Ever After, Expedition Everest and Kilimanjaro Safaris. That's a solid lineup. Um, be our guest. 50s Primetime Cafe, La Cellier, Yak and Yeti, Sit Down Restaurants, Pecos Bills, Baseline Tap House, Connections Eatery, Flame Tree Barbecue are the quick serves, Oga's Cantina, Rosen Crown Pub are the bars that I chose. The Enchantment Fireworks is the nighttime show that I chose. The Emporium Gift Shop is the merchandise place that I selected as well. For my two snacks, popcorn and the orange swirl at Sunshine Tree Terrace in Magic Kingdom. My mode of transportation is the monorail. Very, very difficult decisions here. Um, and last but not least, the resort I would choose to have at my property, at my theme park, is the Polynesian because of all the awesome amenities that you get and the amazing theming that goes along with it. So there we have it. There's today's um, e-ticket attraction, our main event, and I feel good about it. That's kind of fun. We kind of, when we're not at the parks, everybody daydreams and plans the next trip. And I hope that pod, my podcast um, you know, helps you do that as well um, in your own time when you're sitting back, working, dreaming about you know, make, making that next trip back to Disney World. Um, that's what it's all about. We all do it. We all kind of think about, you know, what are we going to do next? Boy, I'd rather be, you know, at Epcot rather than at work today or something like that. But um, that's what keeps us coming back. We keep dreaming about it. And we love it so much. We all are always thinking about it. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I enjoyed making it. Thank you all for your downloads and listens. Follow me at Twitter at a Joel New World. Look at my YouTube channel. Um, like and subscribe. It's uh, a Joel New World. Uh, shocker. And thank you all for your downloads and support. I'll see you next time. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? 2319! We have a 2319! <sighs>